today and thanks for saying hello back I really appreciate that it means you actually got up a little bit early today on spring forward uh, it was hard I won't lie Jerison said to me this morning daddy I don't want to get up I want to sleep so anyway um, we are so happy to have you guys here today it is awesome to be able to worship with family um, even though we aren't blood related we are blood related because of the blood of Christ right it is great to see every one of you. Uh, we want to welcome the Bentleys. Adam and Jocelyn and uh, Jonathan are with us today. He's our new YFM minister. We are excited that they are here today. We are excited for everyone to be here. If you are visiting, there's a card in the, in the row that you can fill out just letting us know that you are here. We are excited to be here today in worship. And so let's continue on. There is an endless song echoes in my soul. I hear the music ring. And though the storms may come, I am holding on. And to the rock I cling. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. I will lift my eyes in the darkest night, for I know my Savior lives. And I will walk with you, knowing you'll see me through, and sing the songs you give. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart. I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? 
How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart. I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 through 34. Again, that's Mark, chapter 10, 32 through 34. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking on ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who were following were fearful. And again he took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen to him, saying, Behold, we are going to come up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and scourge him and kill him, and three days later he will rise again. Will you bow with me as we pray? Father in heaven, we come before you on this glorious morning, giving all praise to your most holy name. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we have together together to worship you without fear of persecution. And we pray, Father, for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted this morning because they are trying to worship you. We pray, Father, that you will give them the courage, the strength, and the will to continue to fight the good fight, to continue to strive to worship you, and to share your word throughout the world. Father, we are grateful for our ministers here, for Chad and for Steve. We ask you to be with them this morning as they bring us the lesson, that you would give them a ready recollection of what they have prepared that their message will touch our hearts, we'll apply it to our lives, and then go out into the world this week and share it with anyone that we come into contact with. We're also grateful, Father, for the leaders here, for our elders, our deacons, for our new youth minister. We ask, Father, that you would bless the work that they do and that they would look to you for wisdom and guidance as they lead. We thank you, Father, for their families, for their willingness to support and encourage them and to share them with our congregation and to... Bless the, bless the work that we are doing here at Heritage. Father, we ask that you would continue to watch over this service, that it be uplifting to us, but it most importantly, Father, would be pleasing to you. We ask that you bless all of those of our congregation who could not be here with us this morning, that are watching from home, for whatever reason it may be, whether they're traveling, whether they're sick, that you would be with them and keep them safe. Heal those that are sick, Father, whether it be physically or spiritually. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, his death upon the cross. We ask that you forgive us of our sins, because it is our prayer, Father, and our hope that when our time on this earth is over, that we'll have lived in such a way that we have a home with you in heaven. It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. 
feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. This morning, Chad and I are going to be talking about to serve and not to be served. Normally in the Lord's Church, we have that kind of backwards. We're, we're always here to to be served. We're served lessons from God's Word. We're served good singing. Everybody's been singing out this morning. So you think about what's going on, but today from Jesus' point of view, Jesus came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. Everybody knows that the highway right out here, 431, is a United States Highway, and if you go north on it, it goes north into Nashville, then north up into Kentucky. It goes almost out of the country, and you can get out of the country just by staying on US 431. I want you to think about Jesus in the reading that was made just a few moments ago. Jesus is saying, You are here to not to be served, but to serve. Everyone knows the road that Jesus was talking about. It was a road right there in Galilee that led up to Jerusalem. And Jesus would always go up to the Jerusalem. I don't know if you know this, but over in Israel, when, if you ever get a chance to visit there, if you go to Jerusalem, you have to go up. If you're going from the south, you have to go up because it's up on a mountain. If you come down from the north, you still have to go up. No matter which direction you come to Jerusalem, you have to always be going up. There are 15 psalms that are called Psalms of Ascent. And in Psalm 122, listen to this. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. That is where the tribes go up. There it is again the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. 
Folks, in just a few moments, we're going to see Jesus on the road, and he'll be walking on that road. And as you look at him, as he walks, he is walking with long strides, and he looks like a man that knows where he's going. He's on a mission. He knows what, what he's about. He has a purpose. He's going to accomplish that. He is going to the fourth Passover that's recorded in the Gospels, and this is the one at which Jesus will be crucified. And Jesus' disciples are nowhere to be found. Jesus, at first, as you see this lone figure walking along, there's nobody behind him, and we recognize that it's Jesus of Nazareth, the man that's been doing all these miracles and all this preaching, but his 12 apostles are nowhere to be found. Oh, wait, there they are at the very end. They're kind of dragging and they're moping along and they're just not going quickly at all. You know why? Because there's a price on the head of Jesus and Peter and other apostles have tried to discourage Jesus from getting on that road and going to Jerusalem. They know that people are there waiting for him. Everybody knows that there's a price on Jesus' head. It's 30 pieces of silver. And one of the apostles is going to get that money and so... And I doubt he's anxious to betray Christ and, and to expose his hand. Jesus said just a moment ago, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, spit on him, and flog him. Let's continue singing praises to God. I stand to praise you, but I fall on my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. Light the fire in my soul, fan the flame. the fire in my heart again. I feel your arms around me as the power of your healing begins. Your spirit moves right through me like a mighty rushing wind. Light the fire in my soul. And the flame make me whole. Lord, you know where I've been. So light the fire in my heart again. Light the fire in my soul. Fan the flame make me whole. Lord, you know where I've been. Light the fire in my heart again. Get out your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Put your finger right there. I want us to look at a counterpart scripture in Luke chapter 22. So, Matthew chapter 20. Put your finger there. Luke chapter 22. Matthew 20. Luke 22. 
We are called, let me see if I can angle myself where I can cast a shadow over you guys. With the time change, it's, we're all different, different uh, sunshine, don't we? We're going to look at Luke 22, 24 in a second. You have your finger in Matthew chapter 20. Luke 22, 24 is what we're going to hit on in a second. We are called to be servants. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have put Jesus on with baptism, if He has washed your sins away, if you are, in, in, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are called to be servants. That means we think less of ourselves and more of others. That is not an option. It's not a choice we're allowed to make. It is a calling. If we are followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to be servants. But when we talk about service, we often get selfish, don't we? Look in Luke chapter 22. Steve's going to start hitting on Matthew 20 here in a minute, but a counterpart scripture to this that gives us some insight In Luke chapter 22, verse 24, even Jesus' closest men, ones he chose himself, and ought to know that you are about to carry out Jesus' work. You are following him. You're seeing his example. You are going to do what Jesus has done in order to serve others. Even they get selfish. And what do they ask in verse 24? Luke 22, 24. Now there was also a dispute among them. These are Jesus' closest people. As to which of them should be considered the greatest. Are you kidding me? Even Jesus' closest people have a dispute among themselves of who's going to be the greatest. We're not any different, are we? When we are called to serve, at times we stop and we think, well, how is this going to benefit me? What am I going to get out of this? How much time do I have to put into it? Do I really have to get off the couch? Do I have to change my plans? Do I have to change my calendar? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? We make every excuse known to mankind when it comes to serving others because we are selfish. And yet when we serve, we all come together to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And as we serve, because we want to. We serve as Christians because we want to. Not that we have to, because we want to. Because out of that service is an opportunity for us to show others the love of Jesus. And what Jesus has done for us in our lives. And what a difference that makes on a day in and day out basis. So this morning, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to serve. You are called to serve. Let's stand and sing. Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and prayer. Gladly I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. 
Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, full of compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, seeking the wandering sinner to find. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, lowly in spirit, holy and harmless, patient and brave, meekly enduring cruel reproaches, willing to suffer others to save. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, Lord, I am coming now to receive the anointing divine. All that I am and have I am bringing, Lord, from this moment all shall be thine. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Be seated, please. Jesus told his apostles, he said, I'm going to be crucified. I am going to die. I am going to be sacrificed by God. You would think at a solemn moment like this, the apostles would pay attention to Jesus. It's just like Chad said. Are you kidding me? They turn their attention to their own ambitions. They start arguing over who's going to be the most prominent, the greatest which name will be remembered beyond all the others? Are you kidding me? Jesus is about to be crucified. He makes it so clear. He has been with them for three years, or they have been with him for three years. And it's ridiculous. After those three years, they're not understanding the most basic principle of the kingdom of God. And that is, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Take a look there in your Bibles, Matthew 20. The mother of the son of Zebedee came up to her, came up to him, that is Jesus, with her son. So it's three of them come traipsing up to Jesus. And you would think, you know, Jesus is going to have to pay attention to what this mother says. And they knelt before Jesus and she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one on your right hand 
and one on your left in your kingdom. Power struggle right there. These individuals have decided that they couldn't approach Jesus themselves, so they had their mother do it for them. Now, those are not real men. Those are, I, I don't know what you call people like that. And take a look, Jesus answered and he turns to the two men. He says, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said, we are able. And then Jesus said, you're going to drink the cup that I drink. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but my father. And when the ten heard of this, they were indignant at the two brothers. Can you name those two brothers? Just name them out loud. One was James and the other was John. Chad's been doing a great study in the Gospel of John. It was that John and his brother. I want you to know what happened later on when Jesus said, yes, you're going to drink of this. Do you know in our study in the book of Acts, I believe today we're going to be studying how that James was the first apostle to die. And guess which apostle was the last one to die? The apostle John. In other words, Jesus' prophecy here came true. That these two would have to drink of death at the hands of the enemies of Christianity. James died first and then right at the end, maybe 100 A.D., almost 100 years after the birth of Christ, John finally passed away. Jesus continues and he says, You know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. And folks, we need to be reading a different, different uh, pronoun there. It shall not be so among us. It's despicable some of the things that are said during an election year on television and what candidates say from their pulpits of trying to get people's votes, trying to promise them no more taxes. We'll give you everything. We'll just back the truck up. Truck up. If you elect me, I will put money in your pocket. I'm going to line your, your pocketbook. It's all about the power. It's all about me. It's making me great. Jesus said, not so among you, my people. Today's a very important day. Today is a day that we see and apply this passage to our lives. Jesus said, whoever be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and give his life a ransom for many. Today we're talking about great, greatness, folks. We're talking about prominence. But greatness comes at great cost. Let's continue singing before Chad tells us how greatness is achieved. Make me a servant, Lord, make me like you. For you are a servant, make me one too. Make me a servant, do what you must do to 
make me a servant, make me like you. Take me and mold me and make me like you, for you are a servant, make me one too. is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You and I deserve to be punished for our sin. We deserve eternal damnation for the wrong that we do in our life. The choices we make that are wrong, we deserve eternal punishment. But because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he paid that price. In the garden before Jesus was crucified, what did he pray? He asked God, if you can, take this away from me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through the pain and the torture that is about to happen. He prayed that if it's God's will for him to get him out of this. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels, as the song goes, to end the entire situation. Our kids last weekend at CYC saw a skit that was really powerful on that. But yet Jesus came to serve and not to be served. And he went to the cross and he paid the price for you and for me. Look back in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 20, as Steve said.
In red letter it says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. They were in a power struggle. It doesn't matter how much money you make, what's the color of your skin, where you live, how old you are, how much knowledge you have, how many degrees you have from universities. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or not. None of those things matter when it comes to service. And Jesus goes on and says, it's not about power. It's not about all the excuses that we make. It's about verse 26. Yet it shall not be amongst you, us, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. If you want to be great, we have to serve others. In verse 20, 27, whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. We live in a world of number one, right? Everybody wants to be number one. I want to be number one on the cash list. I want to be number one in the amount of degrees I have. I want to be number one in the church. I want to be number one at school. I want to have the best of this, the best of that. I want to be number one. If we want to be number one, we serve others. In verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You and I deserve to be punished for our sin, but because Jesus served, he paid the price for us. So our invitation this morning is going to look totally different. I'm going to fair warn you now. Totally different this morning. There are three things I want us to think about as a congregation. Because this lesson has been wrapped, a bow's been put on it, and it's in your lap. We are called as Christians to serve. Here is your opportunity. One, when we offer the invitation song, we're going to stay seated. We're going to have some of our ushers come forward and they have some cards, some service cards opportunities for you to write down your name and to check off a box, I might be interested in getting involved in this area. And when we do announcements and we, we pass around the collection plate today, I want you to put your collection, your offering, I also want you to put that card in that tray and those, those cards are going to be given to the deacons that are specifically responsible for those areas. And they are going to contact you in the next few weeks. And they are going to get you involved. That's one way. So, in a minute, we're not going to stand. We're going to sing together. The ushers are going to come forward. And they're going to give you a card for you to sign up to serve in an area. And somebody will follow through with you on it. Two, we have a mini ministry fair downstairs right after worship this morning. And then right after class, we'll have our class as normal. But before and after class, there's a ministry fair of about eight to ten prominent areas within Heritage Church that need volunteers. It is another way for you to go downstairs, get some more information about certain areas, see what talent you might have to give a specific area here at Heritage, 
and you can talk to the deacons and those in charge of those areas, and you can sign up to do something, to serve. And then three, this morning during our invitation, I'm going to ask those men who are going to Honduras, we leave on Thursday. I'm going to ask those nine men to come forward. And after we finish singing, I want us to pray for them and for their trip. So those men are going to come forward. They are a prime example. It's not about them, but they are a prime example of a willingness to serve. But it's not just those nine men. You guys have done an unbelievable job. Unbelievable job of supporting those nine men and their upcoming trip to Honduras. And we want to give praise to God for you and your support, and we want to ask his safety upon those nine men. So, as we stay seated and we sing together, fill out a card, think about a ministry area you're going to visit downstairs after worship, and those nine men from Honduras, if you will come forward, we'll pray for you in a minute. Let's stay seated and let's sing together. Make me new, Lord Jesus, make me new. For it seems that in so many ways I'm not enough like you. Take this weary vessel I am in and mold me once again. Change my heart, change my spirit. Make me new. Make me new, Lord Jesus. Make me new. For it seems that in so many ways I'm not enough like you. Take this weary vessel I have been and mold me once again. Change my heart, change my spirit. Make me new. stand up. Make sure you say something to these gentlemen with the coronavirus, with the safety of trip, with just the anticipation of being a third world country. There's some anticipation. There's some hesitancy. We know God is going to bless these nine men and that they're going to do great work because of what you have done. You have given over about $7,500 towards this group to be able to do construction projects, spread the word of God, um, food bags that we're going to give over to 100 different individuals. Next Sunday, when you guys are worshiping, we will be at a church in Limoncillo, uh, Honduras. It's a church of about 100 people. There will be goats, chickens, dogs, cats, everything else wandering through the crowd. And then we're going to feed, because of your generosity, we're going to feed that entire congregation lunch afterwards and then send them home with a food bag that will last their family two to four weeks in supply. So imagine what kind of blessing 
that you are providing. These are just the hands that are going to do that on the ground. But you have provided that opportunity to make that kind of difference. That is what service is about. You think about the disaster of this week that happened in Nashville and Putnam County. Why is it that it has been so successful over the last few days in recovery efforts? Because if you've seen the amount of people who have shown up to work, to serve, their house wasn't affected, but they are turning away volunteers because there are so many Tennesseans that want to come together to help someone else out. That is exactly what we're called to be inside the church every single day. Not to put a tarp over a house, but to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And we serve because we want to put Him first and let Him receive all the glory. Jody, if you'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, this has been an inspiring morning for all of us. We're so thankful that we have a wise and mighty God like you that we can pray to. Lord, we're pleased that we have our encouragers like Steve and Chad and these men that are up here before us that can encourage us to have the heart of a servant. Lord, we know that from Jesus' early days, before even he started his ministry, he was, uh, he was about his father's business. And his mama found him about his father's business. And these men that we're here to encourage this morning and here to honor and to ask your protection for or about their father's business. And they do have the heart of a servant because they're taking much of their time and energy to help others. And Lord, we, you know, our hearts always go back to your commandments, the greatest command that we love you with all of our heart and that we love our fellow man. And this is a good example of how we can show that we love our fellow man by serving them. But Lord, you know, in the Bible, there are many instances of stewardship. And this is just one more good example, Lord, of stewardship, where men and women of this church, all of us to some degree, some more than others, but in particular, just in this particular service, we're honoring and asking your protection for the men that are going out into the field, but there are many men and women in our congregation and children that have helped support, as Steve and Chad have said, to help support this ministry, this mission, this mission point that we have studied and tried to give some prominence to here at Heritage for the last few years. And we're thankful that we have stayed the course with that. But Lord, it takes a lot uh, from the church. It takes a lot from all of us. It takes our time. It is timely to go into another country and to 
serve others and to take the time. And it, Lord, it takes talent to do that. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone is predisposed to be able to take the time and to take their talent and, and bestow it upon other people. And Lord knows it takes money to do it. We've given and given in the church and the congregation is given. And thank you for that. And thank you for your encouragement to them to give to the missions points and to give to this particular work. So Lord, this morning, after we've had this encouraging sermon about service, been given instructions on how important it is to serve and that really that's what it's really all about. Even Jesus himself, the son of God, your son, he was just a servant at heart down here with us and gave us such a good role model. So we ask a special blessing on this trip, on these men and on the women that are helping them and supporting them and on our church here that we're doing our best to help and support them and that they'll be successful, that they will bring good credit to you, Lord, because you deserve all the credit for all of these good things that have happened to us. We honor you. You're our wise and mighty God, and you have deserve all the credit. Please, once again, give us your grace. Give us, um, let us thank you again for your son Jesus and his servant attitude that we can use as a model. And please forgive our sins and help us all, Lord, to be saved so that we can enjoy being with you and your son. In Christ's name, amen. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to this world to suffer and die, that we might have salvation and be able to spend eternity with you. We thank thee for the opportunity we have to remember his sacrifice through the taking of the Lord's Supper. 
We pray that you will bless us as we take it and help us to take it in a worthy manner. We thank thee for the bread which represents the blood. I mean, the, we thank thee for the bread which represents the body of our Lord. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Let us pray. We thank thee, Father, for the blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, who know it's through this blood that we have the cleansing from our sins. We thank thee for the opportunity to partake of the fruit of the vine this morning and remember that blood and that sacrifice. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Before the offering, I'm going to read the first five verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then to us in keeping with God's will. Let us pray. Father, we thank Thee for another Lord's Day and for the opportunity we've had to worship You. We thank Thee for the opportunity we have to give to You from our money to support the works of this church, and we pray that they may be used to further Your will. We pray that we may all give with the generous spirit of the Macedonian Christians. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sing with me, please. Just a few more days to be filled with praise and to tell the old story. Then when twilight falls and my Savior falls, I shall go to Him in glory. I'll exchange my cross for a starry crown where the days swing outward. Just a couple of brief announcements. First, uh, in, in your bulletin, you will note that there is a box in blue highlighted in the second page that says, starting in March, we will begin to have a worship service at 5 p.m. No children's classes, I believe, I'm looking, that starts tonight, Steve? And so, so starting tonight, we'll have regular worship service here. So we'll meet, be meeting here in the auditorium with no children's classes. Uh, Yesterday was Crockett and Diana Rain's 50th anniversary, so remember them. They're out, actually. They're, they're not with us today, as, as are quite a few people. 
So when you look around and, and take a note of that, uh, could be that they're still sleeping, uh, could be that, um, that they're concerned. You know, uh, uh, in my almost 61 years of life here on this earth, the one thing I can assure you that change is inevitable. And we see change all the time. Uh, this week we've seen change uh, manifested by nature, right? Uh, change uh, last Tuesday morning, early in the morning hours, went through and devastated a significant portion of uh, uh, Tennessee along uh, the I-40 corridor um, and just completely wiped out places. It, it amazed me when I looked at the uh, statistics of how many people lost their lives that it wasn't higher. Um, Ramona and I know uh, somebody that lives in Mount Juliet. We, we lived in Mount Juliet before we moved here many years ago. And uh, he, he uh, told Ramona, Ramona went to visit them this week and, and uh, help. And um, they were interviewed. You would actually see them on Channel 4 if you watch. They've interviewed them twice now, uh, Ray and Alicia Adcock. They have the uh, United States flag flying over their now completely gone home. The home is not there anymore. Uh, he was so proud just three weeks ago, because he just three weeks ago he finished a brand new barn. It was really, really nice. This morning, uh, as I was listening to Alicia on TV, she said, you know, this has given me a new perspective, me and Ray. Uh, all of our possessions are gone, but that's not important. And what, what is important is that we hold to God because what the verse says in Mark 9.35 and going with exactly what Steve and Chad talked about this morning is not whoever shall be first shall be, will be last. It is whoever will be first must be last. You see, it's a decision we make. We make a decision, a conscientious decision every day, whether we are going to serve or not. I went to Boston this week on Tuesday for meetings on Wednesday. And when I got there, everybody in the lab came up to me and said, oh, oh, glad that everything is, are you okay? Is everybody okay? And we talked and several people, when we went to one meeting and several people said, what can we do to help? You know, uh, surely the government will be there to help. And I smiled and said, this is Tennessee. The very nature of the state is to serve. And we have seen that this week. So as Nature has changed our lives this week, and man can, has changed our lives through the coronavirus. Change is something that is inevitable. But if you remember to hold to God's unchanging hand, he will always be there. What is important is not what is here, but what is there. Always remember that.
Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for so many wonderful blessings you have bestowed upon us. We pray now for all of those that are suffering, and there are so many suffering in our state this week, suffering because of the loss of their their business and unable to make revenue, unable to pay their workers, and and, uh, those people now are suffering even though they weren't directly involved and and related to the tragedy, they were indirectly involved, and now they have no means to make a, a living. We pray for them. We pray for those that have, were hurt in the uh, in this uh, uh, incident that lost all their possessions that lost significant portions of their homes that are struggling to, to reclaim some semblance of life and structure and understand what uh, lies ahead of them we pray that you will lift their burdens that you will let them know that you are with them thinking of them we pray for those that are hurt and, and recovering in hospitals that have that have been uh, uh, in, in, you know, hit by this, uh, uh, this uh, significant storm that went through. We pray especially, Lord, for those that have lost loved ones, those that have lost everything, that lost what it means for them to wake up in the morning, to look down, in some cases to look down and look at their four-year-old daughter and know that she will not be with them, at least not here. We pray, Lord, that you will lift their burdens, that you will give them strength to persevere. We pray that you will open their hearts and minds and let them soar like eagles to help us to serve, to help them to serve, so that we too will have an eternity with you, Lord. You see, Lord, it's for this very reason that we are here. We are here to worship you, and to commit our lives to you. To understand that what we have here is temporary and passing. And only because of you do we have a hope. Because you loved us so that you sent your son to die for our sins so that we would have a shared eternity with you, the son, and of course, the Holy Spirit which resides in each one of us. Strengthen us now, Lord. Help us to go out and meet this changing earth, not with fist bumps and elbow bumps, but with smiles and our hearts warmed and filled with love. Help us, Lord, now in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.